0: Local leaders, top stories. The news that matters most to you. The news drive at five with host Patrick Reynolds. Starts now. Welcome to the News Drive at 5 for Thursday,
1: January 18th, 2024, 5:06 p.m. on the East Coast here in the U.S. of A. I am your host, Patrick Reynolds, taking you home. For today's News Drive at 5, you just heard Dollars and Cents with Joshua Doby. Every Thursday, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the WSIC Family of Networks. On the News Drive at 5 tonight, our special guest will be the Lake Norman Chamber Chamber of Commerce President Bill Russell. He's also got a show here on WSIC Radio. Looking forward to talking to him. And we have our ticket giveaway, not concluding, but continuing for the two home shows the greater charlotte home and landscape show january 26 27th at 8 at the cabarrus arena in concord and the charlotte home and remodeling show february 23rd 24th 25th park expo and conference center in charlotte we got a four pack of tickets to give away to you two for each show coming up we're going to do that in the last segment so after 5 45 p.m eastern time We'll open up the phone lines for our concert contest. In the meantime, 844-STUDIO-4 get you right in here to the studio. 844-788-3436. 844-788-3436. Our top five at five tonight. Top five stories that we are tracking for you at the News Drive at five. A Huntersville man is charged with murder. A former Mooresville High School student's rape trial concludes... Investigators identify a man who died in a recent house fire in Statesville. Representative Gray Mills has a new endorsement, and a new candidate enters the ring for Alexander in Iredell County's District Attorney Office race. Our top story tonight a Huntersville man was arrested Wednesday and charged with murder in connection with the death of a Mooresville resident. Tristan Randy Charles Strickland age 25, was apprehended in Charlotte by the U.S. Marshal's Office. A grand jury returned a true bill of indictment on January 3rd, charging Strickland with second-degree murder and conspiracy to possess with intent to sell a Schedule I controlled substance. These charges stem from a Mooresville police investigation into the death of William Griffin Carney, a 2015 graduate of Lake Norman High School, Kearney died as a result of a drug overdose on September 28, 2022. According to a news release, Mooresville Police Department detectives learned that their investigation that Strickland had provided Kearney with a lethal lethal dose of fentanyl. Following his arrest, Strickland was transported to the Iredell County Detention Center where a magistrate set his bond at $750,000. The Mooresville Police Department expressed its appreciation to the Huntersville Police Department and the U.S. Marshal's Office for their assistance in this investigation. An Iredell County Superior Court jury deliberated for less than 10 minutes on Wednesday before finding a former Mooresville High School student not guilty of raping a classmate in 2018. Jericho Montrell Neal shed tears of joy after the clerk read the jury's verdict. He hugged defense attorney Ken Darty before the, leaving the courtroom with his father. Neal said of the experience, quote, It was hard. It was really hard. I continue to have faith, faith in God, and faith in my attorney, end quote. A jury of seven men and five women rendered its decision concluding a trial that began eight days ago. About 10 minutes after informing Judge Stuart Albright that they had selected a foreman, a member of the panel knocked on the door of the jury room and notified the bailiff that they had reached a unanimous verdict. During his testimony Wednesday, Neal denied the rape allegations. He testified that he and the teen had been talking on Skype for several weeks. After meeting before school on the morning of March 8, 2018, Neal told the jury they had consensual sex in an upstairs hallway. During an interview with the Mooresville Police investigation in 2018, Neal stated that he had never had a sexual contact with his accuser. However, on the witness stand Wednesday, he told the jury that he had lied about that because he was afraid he would get kicked out of school for having sex on campus. During closing arguments Wednesday afternoon, Assistant District Attorney Regina Mahoney asked the jury to reject Neil's story of a consensual sexual encounter in a school hallway, saying that, quote, defies all logic, end quote, that the accuser would agree to meet someone she had never even kissed before to have sex in a public area. She also asked the jury, quote, it is not credible. Why would you believe that? Because this individual lied to law enforcement. He is going to lie to law enforcement, He's going to lie to you. Darty, in his closing argument, took aim at the accuser's credibility, pointing to inconsistencies and omissions in her statements to police, a forensic interviewer, also with the Dovehouse Children's Advocacy Center, and within her trial testimony. In Statesville, investigators have identified a man who died in a fire in an abandoned home off Old Charlotte Road in Statesville on Tuesday. William Watkins, age 68, succumbed to his injuries at the scene of the fire at 1305 Old Mountain Road, despite the efforts of first responders to save his life. Firefighters encountered visible smoke and flames coming from the home when they arrived. The fire was brought under control within 20 minutes. During the fire suppression operation, firefighters found Watkins in the rear of the home, according to a news release. The Statesville Police Department arrived at the scene to provide support for the ongoing investigation. A preliminary investigation revealed that Watkins started the fire within the residence and became trapped as the fire spread. The house, which had been vacant for several months, was boarded up at the time of the fire. Investigators with the North Carolina Office of State Fire Marshal and the Statesville Fire Marshal's Office determined the fire was accidental. The medical examiner was called to the scene and determined that Watkins' death was caused by smoke inhalation and was not of a suspicious nature. 29-year-old Robert Dale Morton and 38-year-old Amanda Sue Jones, both from Huntersville, have been charged by Lincoln County Sheriff's detectives in connection with a break-in at a storage facility in Denver, North Carolina. They were both charged with one felony count each of breaking and entering a motor vehicle, larceny, possession of stolen goods, and breaking and entering a building. They were charged after Iredell County Sheriff's Detectives alerted Lincoln County officers regarding the break-in at the storage facility on the 500 block of North Carolina Highway 16 Business North. As previously reported, Iredell County officers arrested Morton and Jones on January the 8th in connection with storage unit break-ins in Iredell County. During an interview with the suspects, they admitted to the break-ins in Denver that incident occurred in late December 2023 or early January of 2024 at Loftus Mini Storage. The couple drove from Huntersville to Lincoln County and went to the storage facility where Morton is accused of cutting the wire fence to gain entry. He allegedly broke into several units but found nothing to take. He then returned to a trailer parked inside the facility and stole a number of tools valued at $4,000. Morton and Jones remained in the Iredell County Detention Center with bond for each set at $250,000 secured. Iredell County officers served the Lincoln County warrants on January 13th. They'll they'll appear in a Lincoln County courtroom on January 22nd and with an Iredell County court date coming up on January 30th. You are listening to the News Drive at 5. I'm Patrick Reynolds. We'll talk to Bill Russell right after the break. Don't go anywhere. WSIC News Talk. News Drive at 5, back with you. Patrick Reynolds taking you home on this Thursday, January 18th, 5.18 p.m. on the East Coast. We are joined right now on the hotline for our special guest tonight. President of the Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce, Bill Russell, joins us. How are you tonight,
2: Bill? I'm doing good. And, you know, I haven't really had the opportunity to speak uh, to you since you landed the drive at 5. So congratulations. This is fantastic. I I I love listening to you. I don't always get to leave the chamber and go home at 5 o'clock. I don't don't always drive at 5, but I do do appreciate you when I am going down the road. But congratulations to you, Patrick. Thank you so much,
1: Bill. Great connection here at WSIC over the years. I've been in and out of the studio. And I'll tell you, it's fantastic to be back. And I'm not surprised as the president of the chamber that at 5.01, you are not out the door. You probably still got a pretty long list every night.
2: (laughs) no, i I've actually got quite a little bit to do here before I can get out the door, but uh, I, uh, I that that means you're on my Facebook page and not my radio dial.
1: Okay, that works just fine. I, I appreciate you finding some time for me with all the other duties that you have to do there. Um, why don't we start with that question for you? As President of the Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce, what duties do you serve in that role? how do, How does this relate to the public?
2: Sure. um the for those of you who may not be familiar, the Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce, we're an 850-member business association. We've been serving the greater Lake Norman region, Cornelius, Davis, Huntersville, Mooresville, the greater Lake Norman region since 1987. Uh, and we, we, basically what we do as an association is we promote, represent, and serve. We promote our 850 members. We put on programs that are going to be beneficial to help people get. Uh, for their tools and their toolbox to be more effective as business managers, owners, employees. And then we're going to advocate on behalf of business, be the voice of business. And I'll tell you one of the things that we're doing tomorrow, Patrick, is in the morning at 8.30 to 9.30, we've got Senator Vicki Sawyer. She's hmm. going to be here. It's going to be the focus on the legislature. And Representative Bradford is going to join us virtually. And they're going to talk about what went on in Raleigh in 2023 what is expected to happen in 2024, and Vicky, who has her own show here on WSIC, she is the chairman of the Transportation Committee. John Bradford is the chairman of the, Repub- of the, uh, the House Appropriations Committee. So two very, very powerful people in Raleigh, and we will have them here tomorrow to hear what uh, our business concerns are that maybe they can take back to Raleigh.
1: Is this meeting with them uh, open to the public? Can anybody come in?
2: It is it is generally it's for the chamber members. However, mm-hmm. we always allow uh, guests to join us. So if somebody's really looking uh, to meet with Vicky or John, th- they can come. Um, but it's primarily for Lake Norman chamber members. But we don't we don't disclose if, if a business owner, manager, employee, or just a citizen wants to hear or meet Vicky or John, um, come on down tomorrow 8:30 here at the Chamber of Commerce.
1: Chamber of Commerce. That is on West Catawba Avenue in Cornelius, in case anybody's wondering. So many folks in our audience are members of the Chamber of Commerce, but I'm sure we got a lot of business owners and audience members that are not part of the Chamber. You talked about what you guys do. If I'm an owner of a business, what would you say to me that that, uh, the Chamber would directly benefit me and why would I join the Chamber?
2: Well, primarily, most people join the Chamber of Commerce for networking purposes and build their uh, their base of their contacts. So, I mean, uh, eight out of ten people who walk through the door, they're looking to come into networking events. They want to meet people. They want to meet people who who might do business with them. So they're looking to expand their contacts. And to get exposure for their businesses through our networking events. So we're generally known for networking, but that's mm. not all we do. We put on programs like, for instance, I just walked downstairs. David Dowdy, who's with Action Coach, mm. you probably know David. Sure do. He just put on a program about getting unstuck and, and moving forward and setting your 2024 goals. And um, that was a fantastic program upstairs. We just got through with it, just wrapped it. And that was one of the things we just put on. Uh, just a little while ago. So, if a business is looking at how can they improve, how can they, how can they make better decisions? How can they be more efficient in their operations? How can they meet more uh, potential clients and customers? The Chamber of Commerce, whether you're in Statesville, Morrisville, Cabarrus, doesn't matter. You know, there, there are some great Chambers of Commerce in the region. We think we have a great Chamber of Commerce. A lot of things going on. So, we encourage you to check out your Chamber of Commerce.
1: Absolutely. And as a member of the Chamber of Commerce, you've got these programs going on, like the one with David Dowdy, the one tomorrow with John Bradford and Vicki Sawyer. Once you're a member, these programs are not an extra charge for you, correct? You can just go as a member. That's what you pay for.
2: That's right. We We try not to nickel and dime our chamber members. So some chambers do charge to come to like a business after hours or a mm-hmm. networking event. We don't do that. We consider that to be part of your membership. The only add-ons we have is if we have a luncheon, uh, we're at the Country Club, well, yeah. well, there's going to be a little charge for that. But uh, most of the programs, the seminars, professional development, we try to do it no charge to our members.
1: As long as I have known you, you have been president of the Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce. Your history goes way back before I was uh, part of the chamber and met you. <laughs> how, how long have you been president of the chamber?
2: uh i'll be honest i started here in january of 1996 and and if you'd if you'd asked me how long i was planning on being here the normal the normal lifespan of a chamber director at any chamber of commerce is probably three to seven years kind of like a football coach Mm -hmm. uh very seldom do you get a coach that goes in there and stays for you know 10 20 years but sometimes you do have a whether it's a Nick Saban or somebody like that that's there generally for a while. Uh, and I work at the pleasure of my board. So as soon as the board feels like you're no longer representing the Chamber of Commerce and getting the Chamber to accomplish the goals they set, then they probably are going to look for a new exec. But I've been very fortunate. Mm-hmm. And I'll and tell you, Patrick, we, we live and work in a dynamic area. Where can you go in all of the United States that has the resources available that we have here right here in Lake Norman. Nowhere. <laughs>
1: that's that's yeah. my answer from from what I've from what I've experienced with you in the chamber, nowhere.
2: And you're in the entertainment business. So I mean yeah. you you know you think about what you've got the Kane Center that's just opened up. You've got all the amenities of Charlotte. You've got all the activities and the bars and the nightlife around the lake. If you're if you're in the entertainment and hospitality business, by gosh you want to be in Lake Norman. <laughs>
1: I can testify to that. I'm, besides this radio show, I'm quite busy with Waves Entertainment throughout the summertime, <laughs> and a lot of times on stage. Uh, yeah. I, I'd like to uh, yeah, pitch the attention back to you for a little bit more here. You talked about 1996 when you came on board with the chamber. What did you do before that? Does your background in- include uh, chamber work elsewhere, community work? Where were you before 96?
2: Well, I did start off in 1993. I started at a smaller chamber of commerce in the Lowcountry. Uh, down near St. Now down near Charleston, South Carolina, St. George, Holly Hill, um, uh, Santee, that area. So this is my second chamber job. But uh, the year prior to that, I was president of the United States Junior Chamber of Commerce. Uh, you might more know them as the JCS, and mm. the JCS at that time was 180,000 young people, 21 to 39. It was the largest young people's organization in the country. It still is the largest young people's organization in the world. Um, and I had the great fortune to. To be president of the organization, traveled to 47 states, seven countries, uh, advocating on the on the voice of young people. So that's kind of where I got my start. When I got out of college, I was in office supplies and office furniture. So I told people I sold pencils for a living <laughs> because <laughs> I, I literally I sold office supplies and office furniture. Did that, so I've always been in sales. But instead of today, uh, you know, instead of selling first furniture or machines, today I sell the lake.
1: Well done. Nicely done. In addition to the news drive at 5 here, a new show that debuted in January in WSIC, Town Talk debuted in 2023 as this, the station got new ownership, new direction, uh, reinvigorated. How is that going for you as the host? Let my audience know you're the host of Town Talk, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. here at WSIC. How's that going for you?
2: I, I've enjoyed it. You know, Justin Giuseppe's, uh called me up and asked me to come down and, Uh, offered me the opportunity to promote uh, our chamber and our our chamber members. And so yesterday we had Huntersville Mayor Christy Clark Mm -hmm. and Mayor Anthony, uh, Manager Anthony Roberts on, And we talked about the the commercial development taking place in Huntersville. We talked about the transportation projects going on. Um, But I I try to create programs like yesterday was focused just on Huntersville. And I normally try to have a program that kind of touches on all of our communities so no matter where you live uh you maybe you get something out of it so but the yesterday was a a pure focus on huntersville and uh it was a chance for particularly people living in huntersville to find out what's going on because you really can't drive in huntersville right now without seeing the orange barrels Mm. and um some people some people may not want to see the orange barrels but (laughs) that means helps coming that means we're making the changes that's going to make it a better drive time for everybody else.
1: I'd say that's one of the biggest complaints around Lake Norman. It's so popular, and there's so much here that you talked about, yet uh, the infrastructure, it's its tough keeping up with the population. It's not an easy balance for the politicians or the the people in office here. It's a tough job. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So how do people get a hold of you, audience members, business owners? They say, hey, uh, you know, this chamber might be th- a thing for me. What do they do? Where do they go? <laughs>
2: Uh, they can go to our website, LakeNormanChamber.org. Uh, there is a calendar of events. So what I tell people is almost like if you get ready to, Patrick, if you're going to go out and buy a car, whether it's from Randy Marion or somebody else, you're probably going to want to drive it around, kick the tires. Yeah. You're not just going to go pick out a new car and just drive it and say, Nope, I'm going to buy this car. You you have in mind, but you want to you probably do a little bit of a, a practice run. Well, we encourage you to come to one of our events, check out what we do, and then uh, perhaps you'll join the Chamber of Commerce.
1: I like it. Bill Russell, thank you so much for joining us. President of the Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce. Thanks, Bill. Have a great evening. Thank you, Patrick. Host of Town Talk Wednesdays, 4 p.m. Eastern time on WSIC. I am Patrick Reynolds. News Drive at 5 rolls on right after this. Welcome back to the News Drive at 5. Patrick Reynolds taking you home on this Thursday, January 18th, 2024, 5.35 p.m. on the Eastern Time Zone. We are giving away a four-pack of tickets to a pair of home shows here. We're going to do this in about, uh, about 10 minutes from now, 12 minutes from now, roughly there. The Greater Charlotte Home and Landscape Show, January 26th, 27th, and 28th at the Cabarrus Arena in Concord. We've got two tickets to that, free. And the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show, February 23rd, 4th, and 5th, at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. Two tickets to each show. A four-pack is going to a lucky caller right after our next commercial break. So stay tuned and dial into the studio. Your chance to win. The winning number to dial, 844-788-3436. That's cooly Cute. Neat 844 Studio 4. Yeah, 844 Studio 4, 844 788 3436. Got them right here. If you're looking at the video feed, I just shared a little bit of that on social media in between the commercials. So, yeah, if you're looking at these, cool. It's like a cool hand of cards right there. These tickets right there, right in my hand, they will be yours very shortly if you just call in. Back to our headlines around the Lake Norman, North Charlotte, Iredell County area, Congresswoman Virginia Fox endorsed Gray Mills for Congress in North Carolina's 10th congressional district. Mills, who represents the 95th district in the North Carolina House, is one of five Republicans running in the March 5th primary election for the seat being vacated by Representative Patrick McHenry. Fox said throughout Gray's time in the North Carolina State House, he has been a strong leader for our conservative way of life and the fierce advocate for our North Carolina values. With our nation facing unprecedented crisis like the wide open southern border, skyrocketing inflation and bureaucrats indoctrinating our children in schools, it is more important than ever that we elect someone with a proven record of conservatism who will deliver results for hardworking North Carolinas. I am proud to endorse Gray Mills for Congress, and I look forward to the great work he will do for our state, end quote. Fox has represented North Carolina's 5th District in Congress since 2005, and currently serves as the chairwoman of the House Committee on Education and the Workforce. She has represented several areas in the new 10th District in the past, including Yadkin County and parts of Forsyth, Iredell, and Catawba Counties. Mills said it was an honor to earn Fox's endorsement. He said, quote, Dr. Fox is an amazing leader both in her community and in Washington. Her dedication to the people of North Carolina is on full display every day through her work as the chair of the Education and Workforce Committee in Congress and her fearless advocacy for North Carolina values. She is a champion for parental rights and school choice and a role model for public servants everywhere, end quote. End quote. Former Statesville Police Chief David Addison announced he is running for District Attorney for Iredell and Alexander Counties. Addison, a Republican who is challenging incumbent District Attorney Sarah Kirkman in the March 5th primary election, said he decided to seek the office after retiring from the Statesville Police Department in August of 2022. Addison said in his official campaign announcement, quote, I knew more work needed to be done in our community because habitual violent criminals... We're being arrested and still walking in our neighborhoods. Several individuals are in jail for long periods of time, awaiting their respective day in court. Everyone deserves a trial to resolve their respective criminal issues. I respect the work of the district attorney's office. However, we need better leadership in the pursuit of justice in the courts for the citizens of Iredell and Alexander Counties. End quote. Addison provided the following data from the North Carolina court system. In Iredell County, out of the more than 27,000 cases, 23,000 were dismissed or disposed of without a guilty plea. In Alexander County, out of the over 4,000 cases filed, 3,600 were dismissed or disposed of without a guilty plea. Addison said, quote, my goals are to introduce transparency whenever possible through sharing our outcomes, reduce the habitual career criminals through increased prosecution, reduce the time before a case goes to trial, and become more involved in crime reduction by attending community meetings and listening to our citizens' concerns. I will meet regularly with leaders in the law enforcement community to improve relationships and assist with crime reduction, end quote. In his law enforcement career, Addison worked as a patrol officer, homicide investigator, and juvenile investigator, among other positions. He attended North Carolina Central University School for Law in the evenings while working as a captain with the Durham Police Department. Addison graduated from law school in 2016 and was admitted to the bar the same year. He volunteered with legal aid of North Carolina and was awarded the Pro Bono Award for his work. The Mooresville Town Board of Commissioners has appointed Jane Crosby as a town clerk at the board's meeting on Tuesday. Crosby joined the town of Mooresville in May of 2020 as the assistant to the manager's office. She brings a wealth of knowledge and experience to her new role from not only her service at the town, but also from her previous involvement with small businesses in downtown development. Said Mayor Chris Carney, quote, Jane has been the longtime assistant to the town's manager, so she's already had a thorough institutional knowledge of Mooresville. But what's even more important is her attention to detail, the way she thinks 10 steps ahead, her work ethic, and the way she brings a real business sense to the job. She has been a breath of fresh air. She has done a tremendous job, and we're really excited to have her, end quote. Crosby holds a B.A. in public policy studies from Duke University and an N.B.A. from Wake Forest University. In Denver, two East Lincoln High School students, Bailey Farabaugh and Jack Unrath, both taking AP government politics taught by Carolyn Prunier in their sophomore year, worked together on a project for a final class grade. Prunier said, quote, the AP exams end about about three weeks before they get out of school. The college board asks the students to do a civic-based project during the semester. I always save my project for the end. The students didn't have to do the project, they just needed to organize it. Going quite a few steps further, Farabaugh and UNRATH have put in motion a plan and the necessary funding to have a statue of Benjamin Lincoln erected in downtown Lincoln. Prunier said, quote, On our bring your legislator to school day, the county asked me to do a gallery walk with all of the project. We had some awesome projects. North Carolina Representative Jason Sane, former guest here on the News Drive at 5, saw the project and he said, let's make it happen. When the two students were creating the project, they decided on a memorial, but they didn't know who to memorialize. Farabaugh said, quote, after a lot of research, we learned who Lincoln County is named after, Benjamin Lincoln. We also realized his name isn't out there very much. Most people associate Lincoln County with Abraham Lincoln, or another prominent figure in history, we figured it was time Benjamin Lincoln got the spotlight. Lincoln was a general under George Washington, Faribault continued, and he was second in command of the Continental Army at the time. He came into prominence at the end of the war, especially in the Battle of Yorktown. Unrath said, quote, over the summer, we stayed in contact with Jason Sane. He said that he'd allot us some money, but he didn't know how much it would be. After the budget was passed, we learned we were allocated $130,000. Right now, the projected price for the statute would be $123,000. The company we're working with, East Coast Memorials, has been incredibly generous, and they're trying to work with the price to make it lower. Prunier said... What differentiates this project from many of the others is that this one is actually becoming a reality, which isn't part of their grade at all. The idea was civic-mindedness, not an actual project. I wish I could give them extra credit for taking the project concept and making it a reality, but this all happened after the class had ended. But I would always reference this project to my future students because it's going to be amazing. I'm so proud of Bailey and Jack. End quote. That is a great story of kids just putting their best foot forward. A teacher giving them the, their support. Let's give a shout out to Representative Jason Sane, also a host here on WSIC News Talk Radio with his own show, and a former guest that we've had here within the last few days. A lot of good news coming out of that story. Great to wrap it up with that. We're going to have some ticket giveaways right after the break. News Drive at five rolls on. I'm Patrick Reynolds. Talk to you soon. 844-STUDIO-4 also gives you your winning four-pack of tickets right now. Phone lines are open, 844-788-3436. 844-788-3436. These four, I'm holding up to the camera here right now. You can see those uh, on our video feed. The Greater Charlotte Home and Landscape Show, January 26th, 27th, 8th at the Cabarrus Arena in Concord. You got two right there. They are free and they are yours if you'd like them. Also, the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show, February 23rd, 24th, 25th. They are also yours right now. Call in 844-788-3464. You've got a four-pack of tickets taking you to those two shows. 5.49 5.49 p.m. Eastern Time here. Those are your tickets. Those are your phone number. The scoreboard with Joe Berg coming up at the top of the hour. Right now, recapping our top stories for tonight. A Huntersville man was arrested Wednesday and charged with murder in connection with the death of a Mooresville resident. Tristan Randy Charles Strickland, age 25, was apprehended in Charlotte, By the U.S. Marshal's Office. A grand jury returned a true bill of indictment on January 3rd, charging Strickland with second degree murder and conspiracy to possess with intent to sell a Schedule I controlled substance. Those charges stem from a Mooresville police investigation into the death of William Griffin Carney, a 2015 graduate of Lake Norman High School. Kearney died as a result of a drug overdose in September of 2022. According to a news release, Mooresville Police Department detectives learned that their investigation that Strickland had provided Kearney with a lethal dose of fentanyl. Following his arrest, Strickland was reported, excuse me, transported to the Iredell County Detention Center where a magistrate set his bond at $750,000. The Mooresville Police Department expressed its appreciation to the Huntersville Police Department and the U.S. Marshals Office for their assistance in this investigation. An Aradale County Superior Court jury deliberated for less than 10 minutes on Wednesday before finding a former Mooresville High School student not guilty of raping a classmate in 2018. Jericho Montrell Neal shed tears of joy after the clerk read the jury's verdict he hugged defense attorney attorney Ken Darty before leaving the courtroom with his father. In Statesville, investigators have identified a man who died in a fire in an abandoned home off Old Statesville Road. William Watkins, age 68, succumbed to the injuries on the scene of a fire at 1305 Old Mountain Road, despite the efforts of first responders to save his life. Firefighters encountered encountered visible smoke and flames coming from the home when they arrived. The fire was brought under control within 20 minutes. During the fire suppression operation, firefighters found Watkins in the rear of the home, according to a news release. The Statesville Police Department arrived at the scene to provide support for the ongoing investigation. A preliminary investigation revealed that Watkins started the fire within the residence and became trapped as the fire spread. The house, which had been vacant for several months, was boarded up at the time of the fire. Investigators with the North Carolina Office of State Fire Marshal and the Statesville Fire Marshal's Office determined the fire was accidental. The medical examiner was called to the scene and determined that Watkins' death was caused by smoke inhalation and was not of a suspicious nature. 29-year-old Robert Dale Morton and 38-year-old Amanda Sue Jones, both from Huntersville, have been charged by Lincoln County Sheriff's detectives in connection with a break-in at a storage facility in Denver, North Carolina. They were both charged with one felony count each of breaking and entering a motor vehicle, larceny, possession of stolen goods, and breaking and entering a building. They were charged after Iredell County Sheriff's Detectives alerted Lincoln County officers regarding the break-in at the storage facility on the 500 block of North Carolina Highway 16 Business North. As previously reported, Iredell County officers arrested Morton and Jones on January 8th in connection with storage break-ins in Iredell County. During an interview with the suspects, they admitted to the break-in in Denver. That incident occurred in late December 23, possibly early January of 24, at Loftus Mini Storage. The couple drove from Huntersville to Lincoln County and went to the storage facility where Morton is accused of cutting the wire fence to gain entry. He allegedly broke into several units but found nothing to take. He then returned to a trailer parked inside the facility and stole a number of tools valued at $4,000. Morton and Jones remain in the Iredell County Detention Center with bond for each set at $250,000 secured. Iredell County officers serve the Lincoln County Warrants on January 13th. They'll appear in a Lincoln County courtroom January 22nd with an Iredell County court date coming up on January 30th. We have these uh, four-packet tickets still up for grabs here. If you would like to check them out, Let's tell you what's going on. The Greater Charlotte Home and Landscape Show, January 26th, 27th, and 8th. That's three days. The Cabarrus Arena in Concord is your host. So you've got one not this weekend coming up, but next weekend for sure. And we've got the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show, February 23rd, 24th, 24th, 25th. Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. So you've got two tickets to each show. It's a great date. Date day, I would say. Uh, So, fellas, if you ladies like landscaping or you want to take them out, is a great way to get the jump on uh, Valentine's Day, I believe, is a little bit of a guess. Or a little bit of a guess that might be nice to go to. Uh, Sounds like a fun day, but we've got two tickets to each show. 4-pack, 844-788-3464 to anybody that wants them. 844-788-3464 just call in, and these tickets are yours. We are closing in on the checkered flag for News Drive at 5 today. Following us, as always, at the top of the hour is your update on sports with the scoreboard hosted by Joe Berg, who's got the shortest commute in all of capitalism. As he sits across from me at the audio board right now, he's already in place. the He's the audio engineer for News Drive at 5 then he just flips a switch and magically the scoreboard comes to life. How are you tonight, there, Joseph?
0: I'm doing wonderful. It's a beautiful day out there too. If you're a penguin, if you're, pe- if you're, no, yes, you know it's sunny at
1: least. Well, it is sunny. Yeah, quite. Well, well no, it was. it was. It was. Think, was. Sun's coming down right now. Yeah. Gosh, it has been cold here <laughs> in North Carolina in your Charlotte area.
0: A little bit, just yeah. a little bit.
1: I moved here. Be south. What's going on?
0: I. I don't think you went far enough. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we need. Well, we might have to throw the bat signal off to Chase Myers and find out what. <laughs> Is going on on it? Well, here. it
0: looks like it's going to be 70 degrees next week, or something like that. So maybe he can explain what what in the world is going on.
1: Do not toy with me, child. If that's not <laughs> true,
0: I'm coming after you. So what's going on in the scoreboard tonight? What are you What are you talking about? What's happening? So I got a couple of college football news stories that I want to get into today. One of them uh do having you, to do with eligibility.
1: Do we, you tease this one or just tell them? Oh I, man. You, I'll tell you what, everybody should stay here. T- don't tell our audience, but you got to okay. stay tuned to the scoreboard. Joe and I were chatting in the last commercial break. He told me this, almost fell out of my chair <laughs> when he gave me this news on college eligibility. That's the topic. That's the topic
0: okay. college eligibility.
1: College eligibility. That's stay one tuned. Of them. You're not going to want to miss this. What's the other one? What the other you, one,
0: uh, the other big one is I see here uh, it was reported that the ACC. Uh, Court filing accuses FSU of breach of contract, and they're seeking damages. This all stemming from the fact that Florida State was left out of the college right. football playoffs, and now there was a, another lawsuit filed in Mecklenburg County, and uh, there's just a lot of a lot of issues going on with the ACC and, and FSU. Why is the lawsuit
1: filed in Mecklenburg County for Florida State? I think What's that's where on?
0: the ACC is is. Centralized at, I believe so. Oh, really? I believe so.
1: So, I'm assuming, I mean, I would assume they were in Charlotte if they're in Mecklenburg County. Would make sense. Sure. Yeah.
0: Would make sense. The ACC okay. Championship is played at Bank of America Stadium. Mm-hmm. So, you know.
1: Okay, I got you. I'm nodding along here like I'm following it. Yeah, okay.
0: I don't know that deep into it where where their central branch is located, but I'm assuming that it's right here in Mecklenburg. Well, just south of
1: us. So I'm going to call, in the news world, we're going to call this off-the-field headlines and stories, right? Yes, it is. Off-the-field.
0: This is a big one, too. It's been going on since the selection show.
1: Yeah, well that news from Florida State when they did not make uh, the top 4 or you know what have you is like that that has been shocked and r- and rippled through not only the sports world but the general news world like this is a big story in a headline.
0: It still here. doesn't feel real. It still feels like a joke that a team that goes undefeated and wins a Power 5 conference yeah. not getting into the college football playoffs. Yeah.
1: Question from me to you, like guy to guy. Do you think there was funny business behind the scenes as to why they didn't get in there? No,
0: I, I think no? it was just the same thing that it's always been, is a bunch of old heads up in a room thinking they know better than the results on the field. Mm-hmm. That's and the way it's always been.
1: The, well, yeah, I remember that before there was a—I'm old enough to remember— before there was a college playoff, the net. The mash, the national championship was often referred to as mythical.
0: Yeah, it was the BCS championship, and they just determined a champion. Yeah,
1: all these bowl games were somewhat like spectacles in their own right, and they just, uh, you know, whoever was voted number one, that was your national. You know, yeah. and you used air quotes appropriately there, national championship. Yeah. But, so here we are. We do have a playoff system for bowls, but it's still kind it's of. Still-
0: quote unquote next year is going to be a lot better yep. with more teams in my opinion it makes it a little bit more legitimate but we're still going to have the problem of a person sitting at the top determining who they want to be the final few teams in
1: yeah it's still judgment it is as opposed to basketball just the records basketball you got 64 teams and i know that just outside that 64 there's some judgment But there's very little judgment on the one seeds, the two seeds, and things like that. Right. All right. More coming up from Joe Berg with the scoreboard at the top of the hour. This has been the News Drive at 5. I'm Patrick Reynolds. Thanks for tuning in. We will talk to you tomorrow. Good night, everybody.